Hey everyone, and welcome to Shit 90s Shows Taught Me. I'm Jessica Sterling, and I'm here with my co-host, the Sean to my Corey, Sarah Ferguson. Hey, Sarah. Hey! Um, Did you like my new intro? I'm trying oh to Oh my god, out. that was so cute! I love that! But wait, why, I, why am I the Sean to your Corey? We discussed last episode how, like, I'm the goody-goody-goody one, and you're yeah. the one who got detention, or it was a few episodes ago, but yeah. Regardless. Okay, so, like... Comparing us to another 90s show, you know how Darlene dated David and Becky dated Mark? And that made no sense because in reality, you would have thought that Darlene should have dated Mark and Becky should have dated uh, David because like Darlene and Mark were like kind of the bad kids and like Becky and David were kind of like the goody two shoes. And like, am I going off the rails? Have you never seen Roseanne? It took me until you said Roseanne. I was like racking my brain like, did I say Roseanne? You didn't say Roseanne, but it was funny because the entire time I'm like, Becky, Darlene, why do those names sound familiar? Yes. Now that you've said that, I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay, guys, I'm talking about Roseanne, another popular 90s show. I know that we're not supposed to like Roseanne anymore. Maybe. You know, but, we're definitely not supposed to like Roseanne anymore. Okay. But um, <laughs> I loved that show back in the day. It was great. Um, but the point of my story is that I, as the Sean or as the Darlene, am right. into the Mark of it all. No, yeah, but- the David. I already messed it up. I don't know which. I, yeah, I don't remember the guys. Like, which one is the guy that's in Big Bang Theory? That's David. That's um, the guy that's called David. Yeah, Darlene isn't dates him, right? But yes. here's the thing. I feel like between the two of us, am I not more Darlene? Why are you... You could be Darlene. No, because Darlene's like kind of... I mean, I'm not badass at all, so... No, I'm not badass. I, I don't you think either one of us are hair. Yeah, maybe it's the hair. Because the other girl is blonde, right? And like, I'm yes. not blonde. Yeah, that's probably what it is. Okay. Anyway, we've gone off the rails already. I have, so getting into the alcohol content, because that's what everyone is here for. (laughs) I'm drinking a barefoot Moscato today because to me, I can't taste the difference between expensive and cheap wine and I'm a bargain bitch and it's delicious. Um, I'm going to be totally transparent. I'm still grounded and I am having, (laughs) I'm having a Poland spring water. Which I would say is uh, my favorite water. It is up there with the best of the waters. For anybody who has not listened to Wombat Water, where we drafted and and ranked waters, uh, you should get on it. Unfortunately, Poland Spring is not in the mix because it is regional, which is unfortunate. Yeah, but that's a crime. It should have been in. It should have. But go listen to that podcast at Wombat Water for anybody who hasn't listened already. Um, anyway, so while let's get into the nitty gritty while why we're here today, um, we are discussing season one, episode five of Boy Meets World. It is called Killer B and that is E to E's. Two E's and it was aired on October 22nd, 1993. Um, and I think this is a pretty cute episode. I mean, it's not the stunner that Corey's alternative friends were. But there are some interesting moments, and it was kind of a tie-in to Father Knows Less, which was, uh, that was episode two, right, Jess? Or was that episode? It was episode three. Episode three. Yeah, and I think um, 
I agree. And this is the first time we get, this is the first time we get two storylines. So um, just a structural change for anybody listening is we're going to be doing, we're going to take storyline A and we're going to go through that first. And then we're going to take the smaller storyline B. Um, but one thing that this episode is missing is Topanga, which is really disappointing considering, you know, we, we just got her last episode. She had this like huge moment with Corey and then she's gone. I know. I kind of feel like if I was a a betting woman, I would say that this was probably filmed back to back with episode three, Father Knows Less, um, because of a couple of things. Um, But the fact that Topanga's not there, but Mm -hmm. we finally have a reoccurring fake friend. Yes. And I was going to bring this up later, but I... And I don't know if I'm going crazy and I forgot to look back, but is it just me or is there like a, um, a reuse of clothing in this yes. episode? <laughs> yes. And, and that rarely happens in sitcoms, I feel. Yeah. So I definitely feel like these two episodes were kind of filmed probably in tandem. Um, I'm not quite sure. I don't have more information than that, but that's my guess. And yeah, I, I definitely think that... Um, this is like a sister episode to episode three. Yeah, that's, that's actually, that's probably a good, um, good catch because it makes a lot of sense considering, like you said, Topink is not there. We have the reoccurring fake friend and also a lot of reused clothing. Um, but, oh, just to get into some feedback from episode four, um, we talked a lot about, uh, the baseball, the project where, Corey and Sean were trying to argue that having cleaner air had baseball players play better. Um, Now I brought this up to my fiance, Will. He is like a lot more into sports than I am. And I told him he's officially our sports correspondent, whether he wants to be or not, because he's really into baseball specifically. He's a Mets fan. And um, he brought up a player named Larry Walker, and he said that he played in Colorado most of his career and he had great numbers as in like, I assume like batting average and stuff. Um, maybe sports. he had a good number. Like he had the number two and that's a good number. Maybe that's what that means. Who knows? Will is vague and I don't know sports. So it's a great combination. Um, and he's- I want number, I want number nine or number seven. I think that's a good number. See, I was always, when I did play sports when I was a kid, which is like really funny to talk about now, but when I did play sports as a kid, I was always number 10. That was like my lucky number. For that's a, a good number. It is. It's a good round number. So maybe that's what number he had, number 10. Maybe he was number 10. Yes. So he said that on his last year of eligibility, he made it into the Hall of Fame after years of putting of people putting him down for having... Uh, having a lot of the numbers in Colorado. So I guess like he almost didn't get into the Hall of Fame simply because he played in Colorado. So he had better, like a better batting average. And people said it was because the air is like thinner there. So the ball could go through the air faster. So there and, like, is harder. something about this. I there knew, is something there. Yeah, I knew this was a good project. Yeah, There's no, some- you were absolutely right. There yeah. was something there. And he, I don't know when this happened. We'd have to look it up. But apparently that's a thing. And it did happen. So thank you, sports correspondent Will, for giving me that feedback. Thank you. We love sport. We <laughs> we do. And it works out. And I said to Will that this is perfect because Corey is a huge baseball fan. And so is Will. And he doesn't, I mean, he watches other sports, but not anything like baseball. So this will be a perfect job for him. And I'm not yes. paying him Thank at all. Thank you, Will. I appreciate <laughs> it. 
Um, so yeah, so let's get to, let's get into the episode. Um, we start off in school, of course, and Corey is getting a C on his geography test. Yeah, that's pretty rough. And I don't really like buy into announcing grades, uh, outwardly, but sure. And of course, the highest score goes to Minkus, Minkus, always Minkus. (laughs) And here's the thing. After watching this, I was like, let me see what's happening here. Because the the reason that Corey does poorly is because he studied based off of his textbook, which normally you'd think that would be fine. However, apparently this textbook is outdated. So the reason he didn't, well, one of the reasons he didn't do well was because he had um, East, what was it, East Germany and West Germany because he didn't realize that the Berlin Wall had come down. So I went to look this up because I'm like, how outdated is this textbook? So the Berlin Wall came down in 1991. This show was like, obviously we just talked about season one was in 1993. So the school hasn't updated the textbooks in two years. I have no idea if that's normal. This is like pretty problematic because you know what? Back then there was no Google. There was no Ask Machines. You know, how in the world is like Corey supposed to keep up if his own textbook doesn't give him the information that he needs? And then on top of that, it's like, you know, this board of ed needs better funding. They they say that the issue is that they can't they don't uh, they can't afford to um, replace the textbooks. But I just I just have such issue with this. It's like you know, Feeny wants them to watch the news or go to the encyclopedia or whatever. But I don't know. It doesn't seem very fair. It seems like Corey did everything right. If he really did study for this, then I don't blame Corey for him getting a C on this test. Yeah, I think it was, I think there's two things. Like, I guess Feeney said something about, oh, there was a handout and you guys are making it into like paper airplanes. And that's when like Sean throws it at Minkus and he does the owl, (laughs) you know, the normal owl thing. Um, But even still, right? Like he must've had other things wrong if he got a C, but I agree. They need to update the textbooks. Yeah, I did not catch the thing. I just thought that we were throwing paper. I mean, why wouldn't we? I'm the kid that would not uh, hold on to the handout. Uh, So, oh, really? mm, Probably. I mean, it's a loose piece piece of paper. It's free gain. It could go anywhere. (laughs) I'm the kid who would like make hole punches in it to make sure it could go into my binder. Of course you are. (laughs) Of course you are. So, uh, and number and, and and just to point this out again, let's add geography to another subject that Fina teaches. So we got. History, no, English, history, mathematics, geography, science. Mm-hmm. It's just so much for one, one Feeny. It's uh, overwhelming. It's very, very overwhelming. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm very concerned about Corey's learning. He doesn't excel at any of these subjects. So um, no. I, I, I'm very concerned. He needs a tutor. Well, that and he's like, oh, well, geography is so dumb. It changes constantly. And then he's like, you know, we need, you know, two plus two is four. And he's like, science stays the same. And I'm thinking, Corey, science changes literally (laughs) all the time. And not only that, but while history doesn't necessarily change, our our perspective on history changes a lot. So it's very true. I just don't think that you can. I mean, he's he's young, but still. (laughs) Learning is a complex thing, I would say. Mm So. We find out that there is a national, no, a regional geography tournament, and Feeney is like the proud uh, champion holder of mm-hmm. five um, 
plaques that are exactly the same. I zoomed in and they're, <laughs> they are exact replicas. I guess the students had the same name every year, but he is looking for his sixth win, his sixth plaque. Yeah, so he, of course, it's Minkus. Is it Minkus? Tell me it's Minkus. It's Minkus. So Minkus is the clear person to uh, compete in the regional geography tournament. And uh, Feeney announces that the prize this year is a little bit different than previous years. Um, Unfortunately, it's not the Mercator projection pull-down wall map, which... um, I don't know if we care about this, but of course I did a deep dive and was like, what the heck is a Mercator thing? And dude, the dude is a cardiologist. No, he's not. A cardiographer. A A cartographer? Cartographer. (laughs) He's a cartographer, geographer. Uh, A cardiologist is working on that. (laughs) His name is like Gerardus Mercator and he has like a cylindrical map. What? Who cares? No, but do you, did you have when you were in school and you were like, obviously I'm thinking back to, to primary school, probably. Did you have the pull down maps? Yes. Yes. I remember specifically we had, and it was, if you look in Feeney's classroom, they have like the layered maps, right? So like one is like a close up of the United States and one is a close up of Europe and whatever. And I specifically remember I had one teacher who was super short. So <laughs> you used to have to like pull them all down and then flip up the ones that you weren't using oh, if you needed yes. the bottom one. Yes, and yes, she yes. was too short. So she always have to, would have to call over like the taller classmates to flip it for her. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I definitely remember those maps, but I don't think I would want one like why would why would Minkus care like what would, it's not for him uh no no I think that I think that is I think that the kids get them oh I thought it was for the school no why would, why would the would school ch- get one why would the child need one what are they gonna do with a pull-down map I mean that's my question but Minkus wants it and so does uh, no spoilers but so does <laughs> so does the eventual winner yeah, They're the floral like, print girls. That's what I call them, floral print twins. <laughs> um, so they are really bent out of the shape to hear that the first place prize is actually to be the Bat Boy um, at the opening game of the World Series. So it is linear. This timeline is linear. First, we had the playoff games. Then we had some other game. Now we're at the World Series. It's a linear timeline, which I think is phenomenal. I mean, I appreciate that, but can I ask you a sports question and you, you might know the answer. Yeah. How, so does that mean that then the Phillies were like in the world series then? I think the Phillies are out. But then, okay. So then I have another stupid question. Like, are they flying the bat kid to wherever the world's, is the world sees at a designated like stadium regardless of who's in it? You know what? I changed my mind because this is the regional geography b or regional geography tournament so i do think that the phillies could still be in it right but or it's the region so maybe it's like east coast so maybe but regardless like this yeah because that's what i'm thinking i'm like i mean will will know the answer to this anybody can tweet at us and make me look really stupid but it's probably like football where like they have a designated stadium so that they're not giving no whatever team home court advantage no, right uh no i think it actually oh gosh um i actually do think that they play in their own stadium oh but how is that fair for the other team 
Because there's multiple games, so then they fly back and forth. Oh, I forgot there's multiple games. You're right. Oh, Girl, you thought that the World Series was, like, freaking one game, like the Super Bowl? I mean, literally, that makes the most sense. (laughs) No, it doesn't. That's not how baseball works. I know, but the Super Bowl is, like, other sports do it. Girl, no. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Hold on. Fun fact. Oh, goodness gracious. Okay. 1993? The Phillies were actually in the World Series. Well, there you go. That we could have just Googled it this entire it's no, it's no fun if we have to if we Google it though. We just have to keep it. So guessing. um the World Series in 1993 was the Toronto Blue Jays versus the Philadelphia Phillies. Hmm. So yes, indeed, this is canon, and it was at Philly Stadium. Okay, um, so I could see how Corey would get like super, like super, super this excited is a huge about deal. Yeah, to be a Bat Boy at a uh-huh. World Series would be yeah. pretty killer. Um, I have some bad news. The oh, Phillies, did they lose? The, the Phillies did not win this World Series. Well, whatever. Were they good back then? They probably were. I have no idea. Um, I don't know because uh, Doctor Google does not tell me. Eh, whatever. So. Minkus is disappointed that they're not going to get, he's not going to get a pull down map and it's instead going to be Bat Boy at the World Series, which of course immediately piques Corey's interest. Oh yeah. He is, you know, his dreams are like coming before his eyes. He is so excited. He's like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I want to be in this. So um, he, Corey tries to convince Feeney that he's the guy to do it. So he's kind of like brown nosing, I guess, but he's like, Feeney, what's the formula for winning? And Feeney's like, talent. And Corey's like, uh uh-uh. uh. And he's like, skill. And Corey's like, uh uh-uh. uh. And Corey's like, the will to win. That's what you need. That's what I got. Yeah, and Vini is not having it. He's like, of course it's going to be, you've given me full faith in Minkus. Yeah. Like, there is a good point to Corey's argument of, like, you do need the will to win. But, like, I would argue that Minkus also has that as well as a background in geography. (laughs) I agree, too. I think Minkus would, A, really want that map. Wait, no, the map doesn't exist. But Minkus just wants the bragging rights. And Mm -hmm. once again, I'm fully convinced his parents are, like, psychotic, like, you have to be an A student. You have to do all these clubs. You have to do this. And his parents would probably like heavily push for him to be in, in the regional geography tournament. Well, I also think he's like such a suck up to Feeney that all he wants to do is impress him. So that would I make, do think that so. would make sense. So um, basically, Corey's plan here is him, Sean, and this is fake friend from the water gun episode. Um, all bring Minkus back to Corey's house and they look so suspicious. This is so weird. And okay, so number one, apparently fake friend number two has a real name. Um, I don't know when he was bestowed this name, but his name is Ellis. So we can call him fake friend to number two or Ellis. And just so you know, the actor's name was Dijon Guy. Uh, Dijon Guy. And um, so him... Sean and Corey are like being so weird. And I, I just want to know like how Minkus got roped into this. Like, is he held hostage? Is he like a prisoner? 
Like, I'm kind of concerned, like, how he got roped into going into Corey's house. I do think he is very easily manipulated based on what we see a little bit in a few minutes in the episode. So maybe they just were like, oh, you know, maybe you can tutor us or like, I don't know, they tricked him in some way. But I'm more concerned with like the fact that Minkus is like, call my parents and no one does anything. I know. Why is Amy not concerned? Like, she doesn't seem like, oh, this, my kid is like literally being a bully right now (laughs) yeah which like to me seems very obvious i know that she was a little occupied in that scene which we'll get into in a little bit but um so sean Corey, ellis uh bring minkus into the room and like they're obviously about to like give him like a major like noogie or something or other um i'm like getting like a little sweaty i'm getting a little concerned i'm like is this like going to be on like dateline one day like what's happening right now but uh it turns out that they just want to call him a nerd yeah so basically they're just manipulating him and saying listen if you do this geography tournament all you're going to be is a nerd it's still early in the year there's still time and It's so funny because they bring up like, do you enjoy this? Like, do you enjoy this? Do you enjoy getting wedgies? And he's like, oh, they're not so bad. I'm thinking, do kids really give each other wedgies? I know that was always a thing. And I feel like me and my brother did it every, like, I don't know, only a few times in our lives. But I've never gotten a wedgie at school before. I have never participated in either end of wedgie receiving or giving. But maybe it's a boy thing. an 11 year old boy thing um i suppose it could be i could definitely see it being more of like because it was a sibling rivalry thing on our end let's ask a guy let's ask a guy we need like a guy calling yes please uh men of the podcast or women of the podcast if you've wedgied or been wedgied um please let us know how let us know i'm concerned for you you can talk to us yes we'll help you through it exactly it's like therapy it's um yeah (laughs) We're good therapists. We're your therapist. Hashtag. hashtag, I was going to say hashtag not a therapist. Not a therapist. Not qualified. Um, So, yeah. So, in addition to the the PTA, I feel like, or the um, Board of Education having to raise funds for new textbooks, I also think that they should invest in some uh, anti-bullying campaigns for John Adams uh, Junior School. Because... They're, 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 this this seems just a, a, a little bit suspect and a, a bit scary. Um, well, that and then they bring up, oh, do you like having balls thrown at your head in bombardment? And I Googled bombardment because I was like, I have never heard of this. And I think it's like dodgeball. I could not find anything. But I assume it's like dodgeball. Yes, I assume that was dodgeball too, but then I saw the ball later in the episode mm-hmm. and it was very small and not a dodgeball. It looked like small and hard. Um uh that I'm really resisting an office reference right now. But <laughs> um and it looked like it would hurt. Yeah, it was, um, they almost reminded me, the ball that we see later that Sean throws at Corey's head, it almost reminded me of, like, a bigger version of the, um, did you ever have those balls, (laughs) did you ever uh, go swimming and you had those balls that you could, like, fill with water and throw at people? Those hurt, too. 
Yeah, but it looks like a bigger version. And in yeah. dodgeball, you're using like those big rubber balls. So I don't know what bombardment is. I wouldn't want to get head hit in the head with anything. So <laughs> no, I wouldn't either. But the whole plan of bringing them to Corey's room, bringing Minkus to Corey's room is so that they can persuade him not to join the geography tournament. And basically the deal that they concocted was like, Minkus was like, will you guys be nice to me? And they were like, no deal, but I'll stop throwing balls at your head during bombardment. And that annoys fake friend number two, because he still wants to throw balls at Minkus. I don't know. I, I, the scene, I, I have some problems with this scene and, and I don't know. I, I feel bad for little Minkus. He doesn't deserve this abuse. No, but I do think like the, I'm trying to think, I do think it is more of a one for one deal. Like they don't really want to be friends with Minkus and it's only for one tournament. So it does seem like that would be too much to offer on Sean and Corey and fake friends you know, side. So either way, they shouldn't be throwing balls at his head. But regardless, Minkus is down. He says, I'm ready to be, you know, uh, Stuart Minkus, regular guy. Yeah. So he has been persuaded. The bombardment balls are off. um, And he um, tells Feeney that he just wants to be Stuart Minkus, regular guy, not extraordinary. And he drops out of the tournament. And uh, Feeney is, like, seeing right through this whole, like, this whole charade that's going on. Because Corey hangs back at the back of the class. And it looks like he's, like, feeding Minkus these lines that Minkus is saying. So it's, like, very transparent. Yeah. And basically, as soon as Minkus leaves, Corey's like, I'm your guy. You know, we can do this together. And <laughs> I'm the only game in town. All you have is me. Yeah. So Corey follows Feeny out into the hallway, which we've never seen before. This is a new set for us. Yes. Um, and basically, the way that Corey convinces Feeny is by saying, you know, have you ever heard me say that I'm willing to learn from you? Have you ever once heard me say that? And Feeny's like, that's a good point. You never said that before. And mm-hmm. I think, I think that Feeny is playing the long con. I think oh, Feeny yeah. knows there's no chance Corey's going to be able to. I mean, he only has a few days, like maybe mm-hmm. a week, to study for this. So there's no way Corey's going to be able. I mean, these other kids are pros, so there's no way Corey's going to be able to win this tournament. So I think he kind of is just using this as an excuse. He's already lost his guy Minkus. He's taking this as an opportunity to get Corey to study and actually learn yeah. something. This is the setup. Um, <laughs> but, um, so Corey is the type of student that needs an incentive and I'm actually like this also. So I have like a quick little story. I'm not going to hold you, but, um, in senior year of high school, there was a rule that if you got, um, like an A in all four marking periods of the school year in any particular class, then you didn't have to take the final. So I was so dedicated and so incentivized 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 to <laughs> incentivized i was very interested in not taking finals so i wound up getting a um high mark in every single one of my classes for all four marking periods and it was the first time in my high school career that not only did i make 
honor roll. I also made high honor roll for all four American periods. And I had to take zero finals at the end of the year. And I was like a very, very, very subpar student, quite like Corey, um, all the other years. So me and Corey, we are one in the same. We need to be like, if we see like a carrot at the end of like in front of us, then we'll go chase the carrot. But otherwise we're like not learning shit. (laughs) I was... I wouldn't call myself a minkus, but I would definitely say that I got good grades because I wanted good grades. I That was the goal. I, I didn't need any other incentive beyond the A. Um, but I wouldn't say that I was like, I had a quest and a thirst for knowledge or whatever he says. Like, I certainly <laughs> liked, I enjoyed learning and I, you know, I liked to learn new things, but I also am not good at retaining information. So I would, what's not great about me is that after the school year, what I learned, I wouldn't necessarily retain all of it because I was pretty much learning it to get good grades. And that's not a good thing to do either. But. Right. Yeah. So Feeney agrees begrudgingly, but he did a good job of convincing. And like you said, there's a long con going on. So <laughs> weeks or days later, the timeline is uncertain. Um, Corey is studying and his friends would like to uh, play bombardment I suppose at the park and um they're trying it's quite like water water war all over again where Corey is in his backyard he's strapped to a task and his friends are like come play with us and he's like sorry I have to do x y and z I have to study and I can't come and um I don't know. Corey has definitely evolved in uh, evolved into a little studier out of nowhere, and he's like has his like little magnifying glass, and he's spitting out his little facts, and like he's definitely like mutated to a geek overnight. It's yeah, especially because we get like Sean throwing something at Corey's head, and Corey going the owl that like owl the owl that Minkus does, and the little sniff. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and then like Minkus shows up in like quite the ensemble. <laughs> he is in a wild outfit. He looks like he walked out of like the Fresh Prince set or something. <laughs> so, um, so basically Minkus comes because he's been invited to whatever they're up to. I mean, they're, says, no, what they're doing is not okay. He says, my buds invited me down to the sewer pipes to break bottles. Where are these children's parents? <gasps> um. Okay, so, 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 hold on. They're not playing bombardment. They're just going to, like, the train tracks and throwing, like, glass well, bottles. That's what, I mean, I guess, I don't know if Minkus's buds are Corey and Sean. I guess I hadn't put two and two together. Maybe they are. But either way, like, going down to the sewer pipes to break <laughs> bottles. And not only that, but, like, does Feeny overhear this? Because if he did, if he got <laughs> Feeny, I'm, like, I'm very concerned. Um, yeah. I mean, what other buds buds does he have? Who's his buds? I mean, beyond the kids at the other lunch table. Yeah, like there's the kids at the other lunch table. But if we're talking about sequencing, and that was episode four, and we think this was episode, this was like filmed back to back with three, like three and five were filmed back to back, Mm -hmm. then they're not even in the picture yet. So I have no idea what he's doing. But it's concerning, as is his (laughs) style. And he, he goes, yeah, he goes up to Feeney. And he's like, oh, in and Feeney's like, I'm impressed with your like transition or whatever. And, you, you know, your transition into regular dude. 
Um, and um, <laughs> uh, Minkus is like, um, oh, I, you know, I've been watching a lot of House of Style. And then he talks about watching Beavis and Butthead. Have you seen either of those shows? So going back to Father Knows Less again, because this is the sister episode, I definitely watched Beavis and Butthead with my dad secretly without my mom's permission. And it was actually also mentioned in that episode, Father's know, Knows Less. And like, so why does Beavis and Butthead have like two shout outs that like then the audience like screams for them? It's it's like so funny. Um, I think it was like, I'm trying to think like, I don't, I don't know. I never watched it. I think I was maybe slightly too young for it or like. I was definitely too young for it. Yeah. And if you were too young for it, then I definitely was too young for it. And I wasn't at the age when it was on. I don't. (laughs) I'm saying that you're older than me. (laughs) How dare you. Spilling the tea. No. Um, so even if you were too young for it, then I was also too young for yeah. it. And I don't think I was at that age where I was watching kind of like my own content. And I especially wasn't watching NTV, which is what I think it was on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is funny that they do. And I think Beavis and Butthead had like a special reverence for a lot of people. And that's probably why there was screening in the background. Yeah. So and then in regards to House of Style, um, I'd never watched that and I didn't know what it was. But apparently it was a show about the supermodel craze in the 90s. So some popular names uh, that were on the show were Rebecca Romaine and mm. Cindy Crawford. So um, Minkus was learning some fashion sense from some of the best. So good for Minkus. We love a fashion guru. Yes. And meanwhile, Corey is still studying and he's kind of, you know, telling Mr. Feeney what he's learned about the Earl of Sandwich, which apparently is a restaurant franchise, if you didn't know. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know, know that. that. I, didn't I Googled know that. it. Yeah, I Googled it because I was curious. And yeah, it's a restaurant franchise. This was so cute. You know, yes. like he was just so excited to learn about the Earl of Sandwich. And Feeney, guess what? He was in his gardening smock. <laughs> we love a gardening smock. I love his gardening smock. Um, so yeah, Corey tries to get like Minkus's help, and like he he was like, no way, Jose. And then yeah, like I said, this was so cute because he just like his little face just lit up, and he was like, Feeney once again was playing the long game, and he was like. That is right. Yeah. Like, isn't that interesting? And Corey's like, it was interesting. Yeah. I mean, it was, so cute. <laughs> it was, it was very cute because you can tell, you can see that Feeney, like, this is what Feeney wants, right? Like he, while he appreciates Mingus, I think that having a situation where you have a student who resists learning and obviously just does not care 95% of the time, when you see the growth in a student and when you see that they are excited about learning, I feel like that's probably why a lot of people become teachers. So for, for Feeney, this is a huge moment. It's, it's way more impressive than Minkus getting another A and another A and another A because Corey is not that student. So we quickly transition into the actual tournament where Corey's like, you know, he's excited. He's like, we're going to win. Don't you worry, Mr. Feeney. I loved the sight gag of Mr. Feeney being like, and and Corey's like, oh, my shoulders do hurt. And he's like, I suggest you do this. And he like rolls his shoulder. Yeah, because like all the other kids are getting like massages from their Mm -hmm. teachers. Which is weird. But um, I guess whatever it takes to um, 
you know, relieve that stress. And I was very impressed by the female representation of the regional uh, geography tournament. Um, Good for the females. Yeah, the floral sisters. They are there. (laughs) There was three of them. There was so much floral. I couldn't. Yeah, a lot of floral. So um, I do think that Feeney probably would have given a massage to Minkus, Minkus, Minkus. Probably, yeah. But basically, Corey is quickly outmatched by these powerful females who are much smarter than he is in the ways of geography. These questions are jibber-jabber. I couldn't even, I can't even recite them. Like, typically I'd be like, oh, Jess, like, this question is blah, 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 toga mangas. But I, I can't even do that. They, It was, you know, total rubbish, these questions. Yeah. And what kind of geography is this? Is this what geography is? And why didn't Corey get a heads up that he wasn't going to have to tell the audience about, like, where the where Mex- Mexico was? The two, two emotus or four emotus or whatever, yeah. I agree. And also, I don't know, I've never really heard of a geography tournament. Like, I've heard of, like, a spelling bee and, like, I mean, I don't know. I guess that they probably do exist. No, did we, you ever participate? In- um, I, no, I did not participate. But yes, our school did have geography bees. We call them oh, geography really? bees. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really? See, I never yeah. did any of these things either. I mean, geography, if I was going to do anything, it certainly would not have been geography. But I, I did feel not like <laughs> No, but I feel like I would have enjoyed, like, debate. I don't think we really had that in my school. But I, A, I love to talk. B, I love to argue. C, I like having people listening to me talk, hence the podcast. (laughs) And argue, yeah. Yes, so I feel like that would have been my thing, right? That would have been my shtick, but like we didn't have it. I'm pretty sure we had debate club, but I don't think I was part of that either. Um, So, I I mean, I get Corey's question was, what country do the Tuamotas belong to? Yeah, and it's France. It's the answer is France. I mean, this is pretty humiliating um, because Corey just like can recite sandwich facts, but obviously he loses and he's like so upset and he's just like gutted at the end of it. And those little floral sisters are like real bitches and they're like, who won the, who would, um, she like won this huge trophy that's like the size of her. And, you know, she's just like, who would want to be a bat boy? What happened to the projector map? Yeah, they're sore winners. And I mean, granted, I kind of sometimes enjoy being a sore winner. Even still, you know, some people want to be a bat boy or bat girl or whatever. So get over yourself, floral sisters. (laughs) Get over yourself. You know, you don't have to be lame. It's fine. Mm -hmm. so Corey's really upset about it but it's this part is so cute so we're at the end of the episode for storyline a and um Corey's like I'm really sorry Mr. Feeney you know we didn't win I really and and basically Feeney's like did you try your hardest do you think you studied as hard as you possibly could and Corey says yes and he gives Corey his test and Corey got an a and such a big achievement. I'm exactly. so proud of Corey. And the best part is Feeney takes the paper and uh, puts it up on the cork board where the plaque would have been if they would have won the geography oh. test or the geography tournament. And he says, we won. Yeah, they uncharted new uh, waters of being a good student. And um, everyone's really like, you know, apparently like, they said earlier in the episode that Corey was improving in all of his subjects. So that's wonderful. Yes. So um, 
it is it's just so cute i love it i love that and yes of course it was very heartwarming to see Corey's task uh test on the plaque board yes um i was very pleased by that and then we had one little like teaser at the end um at the very episode uh end of the episode where the credits were and it was the world series um and the one the floral sisters they uh car- the winner i guess carried out a banner and it said get france out of the two among us and the announcers go back and forth and Corey's just like ah yeah i mean they didn't have to do that like again these like freaking floral sister bitches are the worst <laughs> They really are. They're just like pretentious and they're like, you know, they they ruin the World Series and, you know, mm-hmm. they don't take, they're not appreciative of their prize. Right. Um. So getting into storyline B, this, and this is exciting because we finally have a story that isn't like centered on Corey, which we love Corey and all, but like it's kind of branching out and, you know, diving deeper into the other characters. Um, Eric has tickets to Aerosmith and of course he's taking Heather because we've all we talked about is Heather. That's Eric's entire storyline is Heather. I have a problem. I what have, is your problem? I have a problem. Um, this I believe is a different Heather. Oh, <gasps> it's not um, the same Heather. Does she have a different last name? Yes. So we've been talking about Heather Morris this entire time. And this Heather is Heather Ralston. Oh my God. There's more than one Heather. Of course there is. Oh. It's the nineties. Um, so I'm a little upset. Um, I don't know what happened to Heather Morris. I don't know what the issue was. Everything was going great. We had Heather's information in the, um, in the Apple watch. We were going on some really good dates. Um, I don't know if Heather's name magically changed. I think that's my, that has to be what it is because Eric talks about, Oh, I've been trying to save. I was working on getting these tickets all year. So it doesn't make sense if it's not the same. Heather. Unless like Eric is a, such a player and he like <laughs> Heather Morris, but really had his eyes on Heather Ralston the whole time, and that like I just take such like issue with that because like appreciate the Heather you have. Yeah, so, that's true. Um, I I don't know how we can go forward with this devastating news, <laughs> but we can live in a land that this is just a continuity error, and it's the same Heather. But I just have this pit in my stomach that it's a different Heather I think yeah I think we have to let us let's just believe it's continuity error and and hope that poor other Heather wasn't maybe she broke up with him we could say that okay she's a strong woman (laughs) I think that Heather Morris could be but I don't know so um Ashley no Amy we're better than this (laughs) It is Amy. We are we are Amy. now officially in Amy territory. We're in Amy territory. So Amy wants Eric to babysit on Friday night, but um, Eric cannot because of he wants to take Heather to the Aerosmith concert. And turns out both Amy and Alan are also going to the Aerosmith concert. And this causes the drama of the century. Yeah, this was so stupid. Like, first of all, Eric, Aerosmith has been popular since the 70s. So it's not like they're, like, uh, I don't know how to equate it to today. I feel like it would be, it's not the same as if my parents came up to me and said, we're going to a Billie Eilish concert. 
Like, it's not the same thing. Okay, Eric? Like, Aerosmith was popular before you were born. Uh, Yeah, it's not like, you know, my mom's coming up to me and is like, I got these Beyonce tickets that are like $500, but um, I'm going to enjoy it and you can just like hop off. So, yeah, it would be like almost like, you know how like, um, like people like Fleetwood Mac. Of course, like yeah. I love Fleetwood Mac. It would be like I love Fleetwood Mac. I got these Stevie Nicks tickets, and I find out that my mom, who obviously liked Stevie Mac way before me, um, also had it, and I got mad. I'm literally half named after a Fleetwood Mac song, <laughs> and, for me, <laughs> and for, so for me to take like issue with my mom also going to a Fleetwood Mac concert is makes no sense. So this is the world that yeah. we're living in. Eric is just like so bothered by this, and I I don't really understand. Um, he wants her to go to this like to, he like throughout the episode they keep referencing different artists so the Uh first being like peter paul and mary and they're known for songs like uh puff the magic dragon and leaving on a jet plane and uh as referenced in the show blowing in the wind and uh i like took like a little music samplings of it and when i was listening and i was like this is very offensive (laughs) yeah they're from they're from the 60s so like even that would be if we're thinking that let's say this is in the 90s so let's assume that like the Matthews parents Amy and Alan let's assume they're I mean they have what like Eric is what 15 let's assume they're like 40. 40 yeah so that would mean they'd be like 10 in the 60s or I guess a little bit older but regardless it's so stupid that he's so upset about it. Meanwhile, this is this is all happening, and Morgan is throwing all the healthy food away <laughs> that her mom yeah, just bought. Like, I mean, it's payback because she always gets plopped on the counter. Like, why don't like why is Morgan just not like placed on the floor? Like, she just gets like plopped on the counter and forgotten about. It's total revenge, but she's throwing out the broccoli and the liver. Which who buys um, liver? Keep the broccoli, ditch the liver. Yeah. Oh, I love broccoli. But yeah, I think it's revenge because they constantly dress her in this outfit that she hates that's like all plaid (laughs) with like yellow. Was that the same outfit from episode four? I'm pretty sure it was. I don't know if it's from four, but it's certainly we've seen it. We've definitely because I brought it up in our fashion hour for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But so Eric's all pissed off about it. And it's, and then, then Alan comes in and they're talking and he's like, oh, sorry, all the tickets to Neil Sadaka were out. And I had to look up who the hell Neil Sadaka is. He's apparently from the sixties and seventies. Some of his hits are breaking up is hard to do laughter in the rain, which after listening to, I still wasn't super confident. I'm familiar with them, but I I do know Peter, Paul and Mary, but I I wasn't. It's kind of like, I think this like Neil Sadaka, Daka like kind of evolves like at first he was like ba-doop-ba-doop-a-bop music you know what I mean I, I'm sorry can you repeat that one more time what kind of music was it totally get what you mean yeah you know what I mean so um but Alan says that they've been listening to Aerosmith before Eric was even born and um so they confirmed that that was in 1978. Um, 
And Aerosmith was formed in 1970, so this math is like on track. Mm-hmm. So this is all good. And and Eric apparently was an Aerosmith fan for life. And I actually have another little story. Um, and this confirms that I'm as nerdy as Minkus, but <laughs> there's an old story that my mom tells that she was pregnant with me and she went to Phantom of the Opera. Um, the Broadway show, and I was raging in utero. I loved Phantom. <laughs> and even to this day, Phantom of the Opera is like my one of my favorite Broadway shows. And that move that music just gets me going. So I <laughs> I've been a Phantom of the Opera fan since before birth. Well, now you and Eric have something in common, but I don't think you would be a big baby about your parents going. I mean, no, he's even so okay, lame. even even when you're okay, put yourself in his shoes. You're okay. 15, 16. Yes, you you got tickets to a concert to bring your girlfriend or potential girlfriend, right. you know, hook up, whatever to a concert with you and your parents have the same tickets. Do you because and then your parents offer to drive you now? I think. For me personally, if this happens to me and I'm 16, I am, I'm not going to ride in the car with them probably, but I would probably drive myself, but I wouldn't care. I mean, I don't know how big this, um, concert venue is, but are you really like seeing them? Like, are you really hanging out with them? Probably not. Especially if your seats are so shitty that they're so much farther back. Well, Eric seemed to like be so bothered that like eventually he like purposely was like looking for them and staring at him. but. Um, Alan and Amy had great seats. They had like third row seats, row CC, and apparently Eric and Heather were going to be like 64 rows back. But um, yeah, Amy was being so nice. She was like, I can drive you. She even offered to buy better seats so that they didn't have to be in the nosebleeds. And Eric was just being a real like brat. Yeah, I don't get because Eric is like, these seats were so hard to get. It's like, how the hell is Amy going to get seats like right up close last minute I don't know about that but yeah it's funny and then Eric is like well you know what we're just gonna go to an Eric Clapton concert and then like Amy and Alan are joking because like oh do you want to tell them like they must have tickets to that one too um but I funny you say that because Eric Clapton stuck out in my brain when I was a kid we had, I, I obviously didn't get to pick the music that we listened to. I don't remember how young I was. I was pretty young, though. I certainly wasn't a teenager. And, like, every other weekend, probably, it felt more very often, but maybe it wasn't that often, um, my mom and I would, like, clean the house. And we'd always, like, we got to switch on and off who got to, like, pick the CD. And Eric Clapton was one of the CDs. I think, I'm not sure which CD it was, but I specifically remember the song My Father's Eyes. And I still mm-hmm. love Eric Clapton. What was your first concert? My first concert. Um, it may have been, it wasn't anything I was like choosing. So I went to like a concert my parents wanted to go to first and that was Matchbox 20, I think. Oh, that's interesting. It's still a good one, but like, I don't think it wasn't like, you know, everybody was going to, I don't even know, like Maroon 5. Like it wasn't like something like everybody my age was clamoring yeah. to see. I think yeah. the first concert I went to that I actually wanted to go to was Gavin DeGraw opened up for Avril Lavigne and I got to see them in concert. Oh, that's cool. That's a goodie. Mm-hmm. So my first concert was a with my parents as well. 
And it was a Sheryl Crow Counting Crows <gasps> concert. Ooh, okay. So Counting Crows I'm not as into, but Sheryl Crow sounds amazing. Yes, That's it was awesome. the concert of the Crows. And then the next, you jump forward a few years, and this is like, <laughs> this is another one of my traumas, but I went to um, a Britney Spears concert with open lawn seating. So I remember that like the gates opened and everybody just ran forward and it was chaos and I got separated from my mom and it was just like a whole big drama. But um, so those were my early concert memories. I think my like my favorite. So I'm funny that we're talking about Eric liking Aerosmith, which is like before his time, because I have seen um, Journey in concert multiple times oh. because they are my absolute favorite. I don't care what anybody says about Don't Stop Believing being overrated. It's absolutely not. It's one of my absolute favorite songs. And I love Journey and my, the best concert I've ever been to was a Journey concert. And the reason that it's so good is because when I went, I was in, I mean, it's probably about five years ago at this point. I was supposed to go this year and then COVID happened and I did not get to go to see Journey this year, which sucks. But um, I, it was probably about five years ago that we went and it was just like, at the, no, this was, so yeah, five years was the last time I saw them. But the first time I saw them, I'm pretty sure I was like 19 or 20 and um, I was working at like a rest area at the time. My friend was going with me and she got out late. So by the time we got up to the um, actual venue, we got stuck in traffic because it's a really big venue. And I had my little Ford Focus and we had my um red, like those, the iPod that was like a special edition red one for like the American Red Cross. And we had that on and we had journey music blasting stuck in traffic, but everybody was going to the concert. So we had our windows open and like oh, everybody was yeah. like jamming with us and we had oh, to park. That fun. It was so fun. And we had to park so far away that we had to like walk through these like woods for anybody who has ever been to the Saratoga Performing Arts Center in upstate New York. That's where it was. So we had to walk really far and the lineup was insane. So it was cheap trick. And then it was, um, oh, what's her name? Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm blanking on it. Oh, she's like a female, not Joan Jett. I don't know. It was a female singer was after that. And then after that, it was Journey. So as we were walking in, Cheap Trick was kind of like playing us in to like the concert. And those, in my opinion, this is a long-winded story, but my opinion is that those types of concerts, the like classic rocks, like concerts where like most of the crowd is middle-aged and potentially high or drunk or like yes. the best concerts because I can't stand when I'm at like a concert and it's like teeny boppers and they're taking selfies because why are you taking a picture of yourself when yes. you're at a concert? Yeah. <laughs> Just enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. And that was the best concert I've ever been to by far. It was absolutely amazing. I wish I could have gone to see Journey again. But, like, that's the, the gist of the story is that, like, like old classic rock concerts are probably some of the best concerts you're going to be able to go to. And it didn't have Steve Perry, but that's fine. The guy that replaced him is freaking amazing. Anyway. Go the, off, sis. Yes. Eric sucks. And he's being real immature about this whole situation. They end Perry. up going to the concert. And, like, it's just this whole big disaster when they get home. Yeah, so, um, Corey, Heather, and, like, Morgan are all, like, sitting. And it seems like they've gotten an earful already um, about Eric just bitching, quite frankly. 
And he's just like going on and on about how, you know, they were so embarrassing. Like he couldn't stop watching them and they weren't in their like great seats. They were actually in the aisles dancing and like Heather seems like pretty amused. Like she was like, Oh, like I thought that like they were like cool. Um, and it looked like they were having fun. And like Eric was just like very embarrassed. And um he was mostly embarrassed by the fact of their outfits, <laughs> uh, which we got to see when they got home. So much denim. So much denim. Um, they're just like cool, cool parents. With their denim and their, like, uh, tie-dye shirt Alan was wearing. We'll probably get into that a little bit in the near, near future. (laughs) But uh, they're especially sour because because they got home later than Heather and Eric. So they they did not drive together, I guess. No, which, again, like, that's what I said I would probably do. Because, yeah. I mean, Eric wants alone time with his, again, girlfriend. I don't know. Um, yeah, and it's because they have backstage passes, which is just, like, hidden where it hurts, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it, it's, like, just embarrassing that they sat and waited for them to come home. But, I mean, Eric could have gotten, like, ice cream with Heather. They could have grabbed, like, a burger. Like, they didn't have to come right home. So Yeah, that's- he's... So upset about it that he yeah. just goes right home. He really loses sight of like how the night could have been. Like it could have been a very nice night, just the two of them, especially since they were separated. But Eric was so focused on like what his parents were doing and felt so embarrassed. And like, I mean, once again, like if this was the same, if this is the same Heather, which we're living in a world where we're pretending like it is debatable, but whatever. Um, this is like the second date that he kind of like fudges. He has like yeah. a 50-50 shot of making a shitty date. Yeah. And the thing is, is um, I do think it, the one thing I'll give him credit for and let him get away with is I would probably be embarrassed if my mom was on my dad's shoulders at a concert. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. I also feel like the venue wouldn't allow that these days. No, like- that seems like very, very dangerous. And I, I have experienced this as well. Um, back to uh, Broadway. Um, I went to Mamma Mia and my mom was dancing in the aisles and it was pretty embarrassing. So I can I can relate. I can relate. Uh, my mom really loved Mamma Mia. <laughs> <laughs> she raged at Mamma Mia. So, but, you know, Eric's making Heather feel like shit. Like, you know, he's just like, it was a bad night and we waited all night and we we're like on the loser's couch. And it's like, why are you making Heather this little, this like, she's so understanding. She's so chill. She's so cool. She's so pretty. It's like, don't make Heather feel like crap because you feel insecure. But, um, but Right. Yeah, no, he's he's totally blowing it out of proportion. And I do think, like, I think it would make more sense if, like, Amy and or Alan were, like, drunk. Obviously, this is before Uber. But I feel like it would make, and it's obviously, like, a, a cute kids show. They're not going to have, like, Amy stumbling in the door. Hey, but- <laughs> they talked about Minkus liking gang wedgies before. So anything is possible. <laughs> That's true. So he's totally blowing this out of proportion. I think it's only making him look worse in front of Heather. So once his parents get home, Alan kind of sits Eric down and explains like, listen, I had the parents that you're saying you want, 
but I want, I wanted the parents that you've got, you know, right. like, and yeah. this is brings me to my question of like, would you rather have the cool parents or the parents who are much more like strict, just parents? Uh, I, my mom, full disclosure, is much cooler than me and has a much more active social life than me. <laughs> and my response to that is, uh, I, I don't know if my mom's cool, but she is uh, actively social and there are uh, good things and bad things about that. Um, how do you feel? I would say... For background, my parents were not strict, but they were not like the quote unquote, like cool parents. Um, They didn't, they didn't have a huge social. I mean, they still really don't have like a huge social life, but they also rager. See, no, my parents, I mean, don't get me wrong. My parents can drink. They're mighty drinkers. Like it's the Irish in us, but they, (laughs) they, they're not like party goers. They're not like that. Um, I, I always thought it was fun when like, I'd go to a friend's house and their parents were like, oh, let's go. Do you guys want to go get takeout or like something random? Cause I was like, oh, this never happens in my house. You know, like stuff like that I thought was fun. But I think for practical purposes in terms of like how I turned out and what my parents teaching me valuable lessons, I think I'd much rather have the more practical, straightforward parents than the, you know, a little bit more all over the place parents I guess yeah I could have used more structure in life maybe <laughs> yeah that's the thing I I thrive in structure so I think that also yeah helped. um but I think that Alan is a great mix of both and I think that Amy is a great mix of both so I think that they're doing everything right and um you know they decide that to give them some space as a you know I don't know if it's an act of respect or like acknowledging the fact that Eric didn't have the best night and they were partially responsible for it, even though I disagree with that, but that's, you know, they, they leave them alone downstairs. Um, Lights on though. Lights on. That's very important. (laughs) Yeah. His dad's not that cool. No, always door open and lights on. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Yes. Uh, That was always the rule at my house. I don't think, I suppose it would have been the rule, but when I'm, started dating at 17 I was never really like I wasn't hanging out in my bedroom with my boyfriend anyway (laughs) so I didn't I don't know if I had a boyfriend at 17 but um (laughs) but when I was 25 that was the rule no oh my gosh I'm joking I'm joking (laughs) (laughs) um so and you know guys that is our B storylines Yes, we've made it, and now it's time for the fashion hour. And I have a proposal for you that I've been thinking on. Okay, I thought we needed something catchier because we have our, like, 90s outfit award and our, like, timeless outfit award. But I was like, what is something more fun? What is something more 90s related that we could name them so that they're, I don't know, just like a little little catchphrase, a little name for them. Um, so I was thinking on it a lot since last episode, and this is what I've come up with. If you have better options, obviously throw them out there. (laughs) I have a few that I'm thinking of. So for the, for the nineties outfit, I thought who is a fashion icon of the nineties? I had two options that I was thinking one being like the Jennifer Aniston, Rachel Green. Um, I don't want to talk about them. (laughs) Joking. (laughs) 
because right like Rachel even had a haircut called the Rachel like she was she a style icon in the 90s she was and, iconic yes. yes I think I'd rather if we're gonna go in that route I think I would rather name it um the Rachel Green than the Jennifer Aniston just because I feel like that character was the okay. most part Okay. Other option I was thinking was we could either name it the Alicia Silverstone or the like Cher or not like the Cher Horowitz. Cher Cher Horowitz. Yes. I was going to say that like Minkuska Cher Horowitz uh, makeover this episode. Yes. So those are the two options for our 90s, like the, the iconic 90s outfit award. Which one are you kind of like, do you like either one? Do you like, do you like one of those as an option? Um, I do. I do. I think that so, although we will get into movies, we are a shit 90s shows. So let's stick with a show and maybe we'll choose the Rachel Green Award. Perfect. I love it. I do think it's like she had like iconic fashion and friends. So it's hard to disagree with that. And then for the for the timelessness award. What I was thinking is I want someone, and I also kind of wanted a man just to keep it even, one man, one woman, and I wanted someone who is, like, timeless. And the person that immediately came to my mind is I know Paul Rudd. I knew it. Because he doesn't age. The man I knew does it. not age. You're absolutely right. <laughs> so I, Okay, you're right. So this is the, um, the Rachel Green award for best 90s fashion and the paul rudd timelessness certificate i suppose i love it see don't you agree though the paul rudd one works like he does not age it's remarkable i don't know what his secret is and i think about it like weekly actually i'll have what he's having like (laughs) i yeah i just watched so for for reference i just watched this um i don't know if you see i tweet i saw i tweeted it but it's a compilation of paul rudd and he's dancing to the song september (laughs) and it's like funniest thing i've seen all week no i haven't seen this you need to you have to go to my twitter and watch it because it's so hilarious like something about paul rudd is so funny and so cute and endearing and like we said he never ages like and he's also in friends which is another you know 90s and and clueless and he's in clueless yes so it works like it's so this these are our new named awards i just thought it would be fun if they had names and i like that thank you that's that's a cute twist to this so yes the candidates for the Rachel Green Award for most 90s outfits this week are um, our first scene where we are in the classroom and Corey is in this god-awful outfit. It was disturbing. <laughs> um, I'll break it down for you. A canary yellow sweatshirt, which is apparently a theme this episode. Um, a striped like 3x smock <laughs> and a baggy light wash denim jean it was a, a fright to be honest and with you he was double hooding it double hood what is that uh that's a 90s thing <laughs> that's what that is uh my next candidate is um i guess i will give it to I was going to say the kitchen scene because uh of Morgan's like red plaid leggings with the rainbow plaid vest and another matching like yellow sweater to Corey, 
But since you said that that's a repeat outfit, I will have to give it to Mr. and Mrs. Matthews as a combined force. Uh, their concert getup, because it's denim on denim on denim. Like Mrs. Matthews is wearing the vest and um, like a denim skirt, I think. And but cowboy boots, which was like a real twist, black cowboy boots. And Mr. Matthews was wearing um, a uh, denim jacket. Yeah, Canadian tuxedo with a tie dye shirt. (laughs) With a tie dye shirt. And they were like kind of matching. And then, um, which I kind of liked it. So they're like kind of grouped in as like a pair this week. Yeah. And she's wearing, she's actually wearing like a very black florally dress like it's very much um like the floral twins but much more flowy yes yes okay it was not not a denim skirt but i did i actually think that style was very cute tie dye not so much it was cute um and then my third candidate is of course minkus with the ensemble of the century when Corey was outside studying and let's okay i had to break this down even further than the others. <laughs> Number one, the red Feliz hat, which I'm very perplexed because I thought Corey specifically said that this was a special hat that he got on like cap day and everybody has it now. So it's not that special. And I just like don't know where to go with this, but okay, moving on. The red Feliz hat that I'm pretty sure belongs to Corey. Number two was a striped shirt with a hood. Number three, under that was another yellow sweatshirt. The third yellow sweatshirt. After And then on top of that were yellow, really baggy, enormous pants with suspenders. And these pants went to Minkus's calf. And where his pants stopped, his socks started. They were high white socks. And then to cap it all off were some black Doc Martens that were probably Topanga's from the week prior or from the week like after, depending on when this was filmed. So this was a moment in time. (laughs) I would say, I mean, we all know I'm going to give it to Minkus simply because you would literally never see someone wear that nowadays. That was something else. I I don't think I've ever seen that, and I don't think I will ever see it again. It, congratulations, Minkus, on your first Rachel Green Award. You've done it. Congratulations for receiving the Rachel Green Award. We are so happy for you <laughs> and all of your accomplishments. So <laughs> next up, we have the Paul Rudd certificate of timelessness is that what we're calling oh i love that it sounds so official i love it paul rudd certificate of timelessness so um there were like not a ton of great options because there was just a lot of like blah outfits and Corey was like so i guess my first would be Corey's baby suit um Mm -hmm. during the uh (laughs) during the B, geography, geography yeah the geography and this is like uh something that you would see uh as a uh, a ring bearer at a wedding or at um a communion or perhaps at um a fancy like outing of some sort but it's like his little baby suit I liked it he has like a cute little tie and it seems well fitted I don't know where he got his baby suit but it seemed really nice um so that's a option 
Another option for the Paul Rudd Certificate of Timelessness is uh, Miss Heather with her floral dress, which is kind of like, it was just like a little cute summer dress. Like I can totally see anybody wearing this right now um, in our time. And I even think that you can make it even trendier, like maybe belt it with like a skinny belt. And then you would probably do like a, like a coven hat or, you know what I mean? Um, and maybe some like knee high boots. Like this is like a very cute, like fall outfit that would be like trendy now. Um, I'm, I literally have no idea what a coven hat is, but I'm just picturing a witch hat because of the no, witch's coven. No, it's a coven hat. It's like, <laughs> you know, those trendy, like wide brimmed, brimmed hats that people wear these days. Oh, okay. I do know what you're talking about You know about what I now. mean? Like, yeah, but I like to think that she's wearing a witch's She's <laughs> purely a witch. And then besides that, I suppose... You know what? I'm just going to go strong and stick with two. I could say the, yeah. floral, the floral twins, but honestly, no, like, I don't that, see anybody wearing them. I mean, those can be like an honorable mention for yeah. the You don't want to force it. Yeah. No, we don't I don't want to force it. Yeah. So and I mean, we both said that it's harder to find the timelessness, the timely. Oh my God. The timeless. I mean, yeah. Outfit. Eric is always a good option, but we give it to Eric like literally every week. So um, how, who would you like to bestow the Paul Rudd certificate of timelessness to? I think, I do think Corey gets it this round. One, Corey never gets it because his outfit choices are like <laughs> a choice. And two, I do think a suit is always a good choice. It's always going to be timeless. Like they yes. look fancy and I thought he looked very dapper. So yes. Corey gets was- the Paul Rudd certificate of timelessness yes and it wasn't baggy which is like the first outfit that Corey's ever worn that wasn't baggy also very true very true wow look at that i'm so excited about these new well we've we've always had the awards but i love the new names we're getting there um so that's pretty much all we have um definitely tweet at us email us um with some feedback we have a Twitter and Instagram at shit90spod and a Gmail setup, shit90spod at gmail.com. Um, if you also know anything about sports, feel free to correct us if we're wrong. Please correct us. I know nothing about the sport. So please, like, correct us. You yes, can help us out. Us. Yeah. Just email us at shit90spod at gmail.com, like Jess said. And we would love to hear any feedback. Um via tweet or email yeah. um, if you are so kind we are on itunes and you can always review us give us a nice review we would love to read it on the pod that would be yes. fun yes five stars only and um we we have been getting a lot of feedback on the baloney situation so <laughs> oh so this is the baloney situation from once again father knows best the sister episode to this episode and, you know, this was, we stated that it would be a hot take, and it was. So, um, Jess, I think I'm in the wrong. Like, baloney yeah. is perfectly acceptable. Yeah, I think if nothing else, most people were pretty just meh on baloney. I'm pretty sure DJ LaBelle Klein said he was agostinoni, which is, like, if you're agnostic about baloney. <laughs> so it took me a while to figure out how to pronounce that. I but, love um, that. That was so funny. <laughs> 
So shout out to Gigi Lebo Klein. We appreciate any feedback you guys have for us. Like I said, always tweet at us. We love it. Um, and if not, we'll catch you next time on season one, episode six of Boy Meets World. We also have some exciting bonus content coming in October. So keep your eyes on our podcast feed and our Twitter for more news about that coming up. Um, and until then, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.